international or national artist, you yes. know, your work, the sales do. You know, when, yes. when someone has watched you from another country or you traveled there to perform and been paid, that that is what qualifies you. And uh, I've had to, as I am getting older, I'm realizing, you know, I have to create my own metric system of success and not yeah. put myself in a space of what made someone else, what someone else thinks. That's true. That's great. Is, uh, because you'll drive yourself crazy trying to keep up with a trend that nobody is keeping up with. Yeah. Everybody has the appearance, but most of us are struggling artists that are just trying yeah. to keep it moving and pay the bills for the next you, month and in succession. But Nate, you said it so well. We'll, we'll try to keep up with the appearance, mm -hmm. and 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 we all learn, and that appearances can be deceiving. Yes, you know, appear. Uh, we we don't know what it took to for somebody to get there. Mm -hmm. We don't know what it's taking for them to stay there. Uh, the sacrifices. Mm -hmm. So appearances can be deceiving. And I like what you just said. So God gives us the ability, and I, I just, with his grace, with his wisdom, to create a metric system that doesn't look like what the world says mm -hmm. it looks like. You know, it, it doesn't, doesn't. It doesn't look, because the world says the metric is, I, uh, I turn on the radio and I hear your song. Or it, mm -hmm. that's what the world says. That, that makes you success. But what do you say makes you a, makes you a success? You know, so. Mm -hmm. um, you well, what know, is success to you? You yeah. know, for me, I've always said you can keep the fame. Just give me the riches. Just <laughs> give, me, give me the That's money. Good. But That's good. I, I, I really don't, you know, those things don't entice me. Yeah. The way I, I know some of my friends and my colleagues and people who have gone to school and other fellow artists, it doesn't entice me that everybody knows my name, you know, and, and even in the business of doing shows and broadcasting, you you want people to be in that space. But yeah. at, at some point you realize what's important to you and what really matters, uh, like a commercial break. We're gonna take a commercial break right now, pay some bills, okay. and we'll be right back here on the Artist Exchange Radio Show only on BeExposedRadio.com. Yeah, so uh, my name is Tevin Brown. I'm 30 years old. I'm born and bred in Baltimore, Maryland. 30? Wow. Yeah. I guess so. <laughs> You're older than me, though, so. Wow. Wow. Hey, I, was, I was congratulating you. Oh, thank you. I'm sorry. Well, I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm born in Baltimore. Um, I'm a music teacher, so I teach music um, for a grade 6 to 12 at Ace Academy Ooh. in Hampton, yeah. I'm afraid for you, Tyler. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm also a minister of music at uh, Mount Hebrew Baptist Church. I've been there for five years. And, um, you know, in addition to that, I just do gigs from time to time. I have a band that I play with. Um, and I also do some solo work. Mm -hmm. So, really, whatever comes. <laughs> it's, uh, I first met...
got it bumping. Hey. I can't hide, and you've been heavy on my mind. Baby, you're too damn fine. I feel like me in one time. I thought it fine. If I can get that back, then I. If I know it, it'll make you mine. But you know only fun because I have drugs. I'm thankful for the drugs. What's up, world? What's up, world? What's up, world? Welcome back. We're here live on the Artist Exchange Radio Show, only on BeExposedRadio.com, and now we're also BeExposedMedia.com. Take a look at our website. Check it out. We got some new stories up there. Uh, if you are an artist of any kind, send us in your music clips to info at BeExposedRadio.com, and also you can send in clips of any movie, uh, not movies, any music videos that you may have, um, and we'll feature them as you just saw uh, during our commercial break. Uh, I am glad today. So today is National Assistant Day, Administrative Assistant Day. So if you have an assistant, if you have a secretary, send them a cash app, because I know you, if I'm just telling you, that means you forgot that they're almost older. So cash app them, send them some Grubhub or you know something, something special. Uh, so we're back here live on the Artist Exchange Radio Show. This is our last in a series of inter inter interviews for Ain't That the Gospel Truth, directed by Miss Katrina Jones at Arena Players, uh, opening up May the 20th, Friday, May the 20th. Um, it's two weekends of it. I'll be doing the second weekend. So come on out uh, both weekends. So you can see both shows uh, with myself and uh, another gentleman uh, who's going to kill me because I forgot his name just that quick. Uh, but we'll be, I'll send the information and put it in the in the description. So come on out, uh, see us perform all that jazz. And we got some great singers like Mr. Anthony Brown, who I caught at my last rehearsal, um, singing Hallelujah, correct? Uh, you have to unmute yourself. I meet myself. Yep, singing Hallelujah, my newest song. Yep, find it on iTunes. Uh, find it uh, on YouTube. Doctor, it's Doctor Anthony Brown. Dr. Period. Anthony Brown. Song simply entitled Hallelujah. You can get to my artist page on uh, iTunes because we know it's another Anthony Brown out there too, who's a friend so, of mine. Yeah, actually uh, from Baltimore as well. So, uh, so just well. add Doctor Anthony Brown in it, and and I've had the opportunity to work with him. Mm -hmm. Knowing when he was a little boy, oh wow! I, I released a hem CD in 2008, and he produced four of the songs on that hems. I did a hems for him, mm -hmm. uh, hems for him, H Y M N and S for H I M him, the Lord, and Anthony Brown, my friend, who I consider a friend, produced mm -hmm. four songs on that CD. So that's out there too, on yes. Also. So why gospel music? Because most people don't look at gospel music as um, a vibrant 
genre because they don't right. see you all working. That's and good. Typically, if you do one album, that lasts you all forever. Yeah. Uh, you can live on one album for for years. Uh, Great question. And performing. Great question. I didn't anticipate that. Why do I do gospel? So it's when you're, or, I'm an ordained minister, when they, or, um, uh, when you're ordained minister, they kind of ask you, why are you Baptist? You know, so that's an ordination question they ask you. So this is, <laughs> as a singer, why do you do gospel? So it's what I learned growing up. Mm-hmm. It's what I started with uh, okay. gospel now. And it's just kind of where I landed, you know? Okay. Now, I've got, a, and people who are listening who know me, I really sing all kinds of music. We do a benefit concert for my, I have a nonprofit foundation that gives out okay. college scholarships, www.dreamforit.net. You gave out okay. a lot of information at the beginning. So I'm going <laughs> to slip that out. Go That's ahead, the nonprofit, www.dream, with the number four, it.net, based on a song I wrote called Dream, 15 years ago, I started a nonprofit to give out college scholarships. Mm-hmm. To date, we've given out $210,000 in scholarships. So we're accepting applications right now. We're accepting applications right now. Go to www.dreamforit.net. So I'm typing that in right now. I'm going high to school it. seniors, 12th graders can apply for our scholarships. We give out twenty dollars to $25,000 each year, and we are fulfilling an endowed scholarship at Towson University. So www.dreamforit.net. Why gospel? It's kind of what I started, but I sing a lot of music. I was talking about the foundation. We do a, a benefit concert every year. It's been traditionally at the Gordon Center, and it's pop, R&B, and gospel. So I do everything from Stevie Wonder to, I don't know, Earth, Wind, and Fire, to the Commodores, to Roberta Flack, to Celine okay. We do everything. But my crux is gospel. It encourages me. It encourages people. It tells the amazing story of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I guess that's why I love to sing it, but I, but I love music. So that's why gospel. It, it is, uh, it's a thankless profession, just like having a leadership role in the church. Yes. Uh, because many people, I know personally, being an artist in church, you can often be misused and overused yeah. Yeah. and uh, ignored even um, outside of people needing you and wanting you for your talents. Um, how, have you gone through that or how do you have, yeah. how have you set the boundaries? I'm sorry. Uh, Katrina said his name is Ryan Turn. I, I'm, it was in here, Katrina. This has been a week. This has been a week. So Ryan Turner is the first host of the first weekend and I'm the host for the second weekend. So continue. Um, I, I, I was going uh, to, I really appreciate your questions. These are great mm-hmm. questions. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I might be a bit different okay. as far as my value, et cetera. So I was going to say, I, I was going to, I was going to use the word I was different, but I'm not really different. I'm like me at okay. 60 years old. I'm who God made me. I am me, you know? So music for me, 
I've had the luxury of it hasn't been to pay my bills. Okay. It hasn't been, I'm singing at this funeral and what they pay me is going to put gas in my car. Okay. Or that, so that's been my journey because I've always worked jobs throughout this journey. And I sang as an aside. Does that mean it hasn't taken money to go and sing and to do these recordings? It doesn't mean that. But it does. So, so I've been a little different and I got such joy from doing it. Yeah. You know, I got a high from being able to use this gift that God gave me to bless and encourage other people. So does that mean, does that mean, Nate, does that mean, so you haven't been taken advantage of and people haven't taken your, mm, it don't mean that. Oh, yes, I have. We all have, you know, people, you know, appearances can be deceiving. You know, people see you singing somewhere and, and they think, oh, I know they gave you a bunch of money. The, the money, trust me, the money I got for that, by the time I drove all the way over there and did A, B, C, D, uh, I ain't got no whole bu bunch of money. Mm -hmm. So yes, I've been a take, taken advantage of, but for me, it hasn't been a thankless job yes. because God gave it to me and I've like freely given it away and he's made the provisions for me to be able to do that. I mean, I right. work a lot. You know, I do, you know, I work at my the church. I'm, I do other things. At the MTA, I was working at the MTA. I was an executive at the MTA. So I made a great salary. I mean, made a really good salary. So when I went and sang and when I went to Europe, I was, I didn't make a ton of money going to Europe to sing, but I had like vacation time for the state of Maryland. So my journey is my journey. It's a little different. That's, I, but, but I empathize because yes, I've been taking advantage of job. I mm -hmm. sympathize with other artists, you know, right. um, it's, it's quite a journey. Uh, we, we have to stay really connected to God how have I done it? I don't know. I do a bunch of, uh, hey, I, I'll put this out there. And, and that's, I've done this a lot through my life. I probably needed to do it a lot more at, at some times, et cetera. Mm. I saw somebody had a sweatshirt the other day. Here's what I do. I pray. I talk. So I communicate with people. I'm a communications person. And I see a therapist who helps navigate me through feeling neglected and feeling, you know, used and all that kind of, so I talk, I pray, and I see a therapist to navigate through all of this thing. So, you know, it, the journey for me has been, I mean, I've, I've made this music, I've been able to record these hymns, I, I, I've been, and, it, and it'll be here long after I'm gone. Right. Right. You know, I, I mean, this is this may sound weird to people, but keep in mind, at 60 years old, I get to be me. Mm -hmm. I get like a high, like out of singing at people's funerals. 
if you can like minister to me on what is like one of the worst seasons in my life. <laughs> you know, I lost somebody in my life. Have I made like a ton of money singing it freak? Lord, no. <laughs> you know, no. You know, I mean, a good no. 30, 40, 50 dollars here yeah, and there. You know, no, period. No. Mm -hmm. But I've gotten to like give somebody like a God-given piece of encouragement in mm -hmm. that season of my life. And I'm different. I'm saying mm -hmm. now. my journey is God's given me a nine to five to put gas in my car and then say, so go do that. Cause right. I, get, I know there are people who are like, yeah, I'm sitting here and I'm wondering where's the envelope they're supposed to be giving me. You know, we, you know, we, we, where is it? You know, do I, do, I don't, I don't oh, want to sing for this wedding. You mm. know, and, you, and you know, yes, you get taken advantage because folk can be so weird, you know. Mm. But could you just give it to me? Do I have to walk up to you in the receiving line to say, um, do you have the money you were, I mean, do I have to do that? You know, so. So my journey has been my journey, but yes, I empathize and sympathize with the, the community of us. Mm -hmm. The community of us. Look at this. Look, um, we, we're talking about arena players. That's what we're here to promote. And mm -hmm. the gospel truth, May 20th, 21st, May mm -hmm. 27th, 28th, 20th, 21st, 22nd, uh, 27th, 28th, 29th. 29th. Oh, mm -hmm. They don't pay you to be in these plays at arena play to go down mm -hmm. there Thursdays and Saturdays from wherever you live for the gas and the time it's community theater you're donating your time but once again many of us are blessed that God has provided us with jobs that that we we don't have to call people at arena plays and say oh yeah I'd love to be in it but you're gonna have to give me gas money to get down there. Da, da, the people who are you know, so I'm throwing out a lot and I'm just kind of saying, you know, because I I I, I think we have to be sensitive. Mm -hmm. Yes, it can be we gotta pull this joy from somewhere else. Cause if you don't, don't even try this. Cause I'm I'm not sure based on what we see from appearances, appearances tell some story. I'm not quite sure how <laughs> happy. Look at Michael Jackson. Mm -hmm. He had millions of dollars, but his emotional and mental state, who would want that? Who would mm -hmm. want to, in order for me to sleep at night? Yes. I have yeah. to have somebody administer this drug. A drug. Like, Drug to you know, so I don't know, you know. I, I all I can talk about is mine, but I saw the yep, going and ask for your envelope. Yeah, and, and I know that's Troy Burton. He said, Go ahead and ask for that. Yeah, envelope. Go, go, but but be but be prepared for them not to give it to you, and you already done signed. Honestly, my work now with yeah. the artist exchange is developing those platforms where artists. Because for me, and it, it's been my time, 
Yes. And it's been my my struggle throughout yes. all of this, my back and forth, because I was uh, brought up in church. So I was mm -hmm. I was taught that your gifts are not something that you put a price tag on. Yeah, and, and the blessings will definitely come. And I've seen that. But as an, a professional artist, yes. I'm now yes. learning that I have to put a value on myself. And it's semantics. Uh, and, and, and there are plenty of times where you give and there's plenty of times for you to receive. Because I, I know that's burden on the other end of their, their comment, but uh, who's teaching me that other side, really in this moment, and, and not not that we don't know our value, yes. because we certainly do, because if you ask us the amount, we're going to give it to you, yeah. but knowing knowing what you can take, you you may not be able to put, put yourself in the space of a church, because I'm, I'm, I'm hearing mm -hmm. you telling stories, and I remember being at AME conferences, and, and, and sit, standing in the back with you know, after I just did a play or I did some type of performance and I'm waiting on somebody to bring me an envelope and everybody, you know, walking back past casually and I'm I'm having a, hey, how you doing? I'm Nate. I just performed. I'm looking for such and such and such and such. But that took me a minute to do that. Yeah, you know, it is. But I was transitioning myself into being a professional artist and you have to know that balance. And, uh, you, and, and, you, and I love, thank you. Thank you, Mr. Burton, for your comment. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Nate, because we're showing all sides of it. Mm -hmm. yes. yes, yes. There yes. is a value to your gift. Mm -hmm. The nerve of us mm -hmm. to minimize yes. your gift. And, and this is why this is because some of the people listening, mm -hmm. they're the ones who perpetrate, who, who minimize the gift, yes. who, who say, Come, hey, come do this. Da, da, da. You can do it, right? And you'll be there, right? And you know, yeah, you'll be at the rehearsal, you know, because mm -hmm. the wedding rehearsal is da da da. da. And, and here's my honestly, I've sung in so many weddings, I don't particularly need to rehearse to be in a wedding. Right. Just kind of tell me who the musician is, give me that number so I confirm, confirm my key. Mm -hmm. If it's like a real different song, I'll get, I'll connect with them. Might do something, might go meet with them, etc. But to come, like, to see how people are gonna line up and da 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 da, for like to drive all the way there for that too, I don't have to do that. I don't have yeah. to rehearse. I mean, I, I I know so so people do that, and you know, and then it's sort of like, well, I'm, I am paying you. What you're paying me is so. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Mr. Burton. Thank you, Mr. Nate, especially when you went back to that line. Yes, mm -hmm. your gifts are, they do have that value. But but here, but we've gotta, we've gotta leave room for God. Yes. With that scripture that says, all things work together by and and we'll understand it better by and by. And 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 I'll go back to my line. I talk, I pray, and I see a therapist. <laughs> because Kevin, the therapist, Kevin, yes. You Kevin, who was on last week, he says a workman is worth is worthy of his hire. Yes. That's the Bible verse right there. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and we get we we covered that from all sides. And keep but it's, it's 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 more of a space of uh I took a spiritual gifts class. Yes. And, that, and in that spiritual gift class, I understood what I can do and what I can't do. Yes. I am not an usher because I'm not a people person. I'm not going to your needs. I can't be the groundsman because I ain't cutting no grass. I ain't washing no toilets. I just know where my spiritual lift guides. 
uh, my spiritual gifts lie. And, mm -hmm. and, and it's this understanding that, especially in this field, where it can be a little thankless at times, you just know where the blessings pick up and where you need to pick up. Uh, and, and you understand that because God doesn't want any of us suffering or in, in dire straits. Uh, and he gives us the all the tools that we need to survive. But at the and same time, uh, can I get that envelope, please? Yeah, please. And and Miss Brother Troy and the other person say, and you live and and you live and learn. Mm -hmm. You live and learn. I, yeah. I got I did something a few weeks ago. Person was sort of like, oh, I'm gonna say you something that I okay, yeah. I, I, fortunately, uh, getting that is not contingent on me putting food on my table. Yes. And that, that worked out well because I ain't got it yet. You know, mm -hmm. so, you know, we, <laughs> we got to, you know, so we live and learn and, mm -hmm. and you know, and some of those persons who perpetrate that stuff, they wonder why people don't call them back and aren't as responsive when they mm -hmm. need something. And it's sort of like, okay, well, you'll need me before I need you, you know? So fine. Because <laughs> and, 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 and uh, let's talk about the reality of it, Nate, while we talk about it, people get mad at you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? like, you right. asked me to come here. You asked me to do this. You agreed that you would pay me. <laughs> You mad at then me? You forgot. Me. Then you forgot to pay me. Yeah. Then, you remembered you everything mad. else, but then you forgot to do. Okay. Ooh, okay. But but what we May twentieth, twenty first, and twenty second, May twenty. Ain't it the gospel truth? Ain't it the May gospel 27th, truth? May twenty seventh, twenty eighth, twenty I'm gonna be at Arena Players, and I'm gonna be. I'm so excited. I was mm. so excited to be in Christmas up up. Come, it's coming up to town, hanging out with Tamba. I was so excited to. Mr. Um, who did um, uh, Cleveland? It was, oh, what's my friend's name? He was the director. I can't remember it. Oh, I wish I could. Mr. Randy. Oh, Randy. Uh, yes, Randy who, Smith. Who, you know, you know um, who gave me, his presence was peaceful for me. Mm -hmm. I, I met in my hectic, very life, rushing to arena players and just hearing his voice navigate us through the direction of Cleveland was God's gift to me. It gave me peace in my crazy week. So, and now mm -hmm. I get to work with my friend Katrina, who's been patient with my crazy schedule uh, and, and be a part of this production. So, right, right, right. So we're going to take one more commercial break before our great guest has to go. Right. Uh, we'll be right back here on the Artist Exchange Radio Show, only on Be Exposed Radio. Don't go anywhere, we'll be right back. We can train and certify over 10,000 students in 10 years. We can renovate over 10,000 houses in 10 years. This is the Inner City Trade School Project, sponsored by Get With The Program. It's our time and it's our turn. I feel like once we address, once we address the needs of the students, we can ensure that they'll be successful in the program. The main idea is to know the safety of the program. And Black Lives Matter? Yes. yes. We're going to show you how much Black Lives Matter because we have a solution to the problem. This school will help change the mindset of our young Black men. And that's what we're trying to do, bring pride back to our community. Substance use, anger management, um, mental health. So here at the Inner City Trade School, that's what we're uh, trying to build. That's what we're trying to create. An environment for our people to thrive. 
about it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, that's um, I think the other thing we um we spoke on too was um entrepreneurship mm-hmm. um type things and I'm already in that phase where I do want to like do something on my own. Yes, please. and <laughs> that brings me into the next thing where that's and the next thing is short term like the business consultant thing that that's gonna be long term like I want to yeah. do that up until retirement like mm-hmm. I feel like I will take pride in that I will enjoy it and that will be something that I'll wake up in the morning and be like all right. What's next? What challenge is next? Like, let's I love go. it. So, um, well, the short-term thing is um, what I'm doing right now, my free time, um, and that I hope does become something, and then I can make it something. Um, is basically like content creation in uh, in the gaming world. Okay. So, like how this is, this is a live stream. Mm-hmm. Um, I do game live streams where I just like you can say it. I play games and just. Well, and you watch me. I love it. <laughs> Listen. It's, it's like that. Listen, I love it because I'm learning as, and I would admit, as a very ignorant person to anything techie, basically. Um, and I mean, to the bare minimum, like, yo, I really should just have a flip phone or a beeper. Um, oh. Okay. Now, we don't have to have that little disappointment, but moving on. Uh, <laughs> so, like, I... Uh, Hey, what's up? And welcome back to the Artist Exchange Radio Show here live only on BeExposedRadio.com. I'm your host, Nate. We have our great uh, guest today, Mr. Anthony Brown. He's a performer in a production called Ain't That the Gospel Truth that will be premiering on May the 20th at Arena Players. Uh, Look that up or go to that Facebook page, uh, go to that website. We'll put all that stuff in the description section at the bottom. Uh, tickets are on sale. Uh, get them, book them out uh, before the churches eat them tickets up. Because uh, <laughs> we have some phenomenal singers, including Mr. Brown. Um, as we transition out, I want to say first, thank you for joining us. Honor. I have one more question for you. Uh, what advice would you give to your 17 year old self? And what question? Will you ask to, would you ask to your hundred year old self? To my hundred year old self, I would ask the question Do, here's what I'd ask my hundred self. Did you get the benefit? Do you feel you got the benefit of the mental and emotional work you did mm. in your life? Do, do, you, um, do you see why do you see why the mental and emotional work you did in your life was so important? Necessary. And I hope I'd say, yeah, that's what got me through it. So do you see why the mental emotional work would be important. What I'd say to my seven, the question, what, what is this? I'm saying what advice, what advice would you give to your 17 year old self? Figure out 
you before you decide, before you settle with being someone else. Mm. Do the work to figure out what God is doing with you. Do the work, the mental work, the emotional work, the spiritual work to figure out what God has put in you before you settle for being someone else or Mm. or take somebody else's um, journey of what you should do and what you should be. Do the mental and emotional work to figure out what God is doing in you. And and notice it'd be mental and emotional questions and answers on both sides of it Mm. because I'm... I'm convinced in my journey, at, I guess, toward the other side of the middle of it, that that's critically important. So that's life, life can often feel like a struggle between regrets mm-hmm. and dreaming. Yes. And I'm, I'm looking at the banner behind you and dreams matter. Yes. Uh, but, re, but often looking back and, and, and accepting the regret. And being able to move past it and live through it so you can live to dream another day. Yes. It's very vital. It's very important. And it's a space that we need to find ourselves in. So these questions, I ask most of my guests. I love that question. I'm writing it down because I'm going to ask people that. But but also use it as a a, a, maybe a praying prompt for yourself or meditation prompt for yourself. Uh, or writing, if you're a writer, if you journal, mm-hmm. it's great as a writing prompt because it tells you a lot about where you are. Because yeah. that struggle between regret and dreaming, it happens to us yeah. at, at points of our lives, points of the day sometimes, yeah. where you figure out why am I sitting here in this middle of this fourth grade class yeah. when I said I would never do this again. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, trying to figure those things out, but it gives you a lot of insight as to where you are mentally thinking at that moment. Yeah. Uh, and, and sometimes we don't even know we're in that space of regret and dreaming, uh, right. but we are, we find ourselves there, but your advice, just like your question tells a lot about where you are mentally yes. right now, because a lot of us are looking forward because that idea of there's way more years behind me than in front of me. Nate, oh, so you just said my line. That's, that's what I've been saying. That's what I've been saying to my wife, to my mm-hmm. daughter. To my brother and my sister, here's what here's what's becoming pain, not painfully, very clear to me over the past 12 months, 18 mm-hmm. months. I have more years behind me mm-hmm. than I have in front of me. Yes, yes. I do. Yeah. And that's that's right. Others are in different situations. Others mm-hmm. are on the other side. But for me, I have more uh and I want the ones ahead of me that I have in front of me to be more mentally and emotionally healthy. I owe it's it going, to myself. Struggle is going to happen. Yep, and struggle I owe it to God. Happen. It's yes. going to happen until we close our eyes, but how we handle it, how we yes. respond to it, makes your life meaningful, makes your life peaceful, makes your life abundant. Yes. You know, if you handle those things and you listen to those cycles, um, and the last half of the show, I'm going to go over just where I'm at mentally. And as literally in these last few days, sitting in that class, I'm losing my voice. Wow. 
talking to children. And I, over the course of my career, being in classrooms, I have found myself preaching and, and lecturing students on behavior and the, the value of their lives more than I've actually instructed them on any uh, essential art that I was teaching or now a course that I'm teaching. And it's really important that we, we self-examine those moments because I found myself, why am I driving this home? And, and part of it was, I didn't get that. You know, yeah. I didn't get that. Being a black boy in, in, in Baltimore, it did not afford me for people to be concerned about my future because they had already uh, calculated it in their you know, projected measures of who I was gonna be based off of the environment I have behind me, based off of the father and mother that birthed me, based off of the family members that I had. Uh, so I had to realize a lot of that goes into what I say to children. And sometimes I come off as that, that uncle who mm. think they know everything or, or always telling you something. But I also understand that a lot of the things that my mother said to me are true to me now. Yeah, I'm older than my parents were when they had me. So a lot of the information that I have now is like, Ugh. I'm glad I listened to some things, but I wish I would listen to all the other things as well. But, Powerful. But I thank you. It's I, been an honor. And what, what an honor to meet you and to hear <laughs> about all you're doing. And mm -hmm. I look forward to continued connections with you. I'm yes, looking forward yes. to seeing you at the rehearsals and learning more about you. I'm going to go to your website and all. Man, please, what? Please. Yeah. Please. And, and, and if you have any ideas, if you yeah. think of anything, don't hesitate to call. I'm I'm a person that I don't try to be busy, yeah. but I'm a creative mind, so I don't like sitting still too long. Well, and I tell you, um, Nate, you, yeah, we could do a whole nother interview. <laughs> Look at what you're doing. We, mm -hmm. talk, we we focused on the church and mm -hmm. banklets, et cetera. We, we focused on that. Mm -hmm. We're going back into the educational system yes. to teach fourth graders something by your own analogy is a Ooh, system, up. is mm -hmm. gonna be a sacrifice, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And we know you aren't gonna become a millionaire off of it. Right, right, we, we, right. We, we know they are but something's making you do it. And, you know, so that's whole nother energy, you know, so you're, you're, so something's making you go even into that thankless place for this season mm -hmm. to do whatever God's calling you to do. So man, I'm praying for you. I'll be talking to you. Okay. I'll see you soon. Uh, right. Many blessings to you and, uh, let people know real quick before you leave where they can find your music. Uh, yes. Okay. Can... Um, I'll, I'll give first. Remember uh, my foundation website. If you're a high mm -hmm. school senior, if you know a high school senior, they can apply for our scholarships. www.dreamforit.net. Dream with the number four it.net. That's how you find out all about the Dream for it Foundation. Okay. Find out about, about my music and my life at uh iTunes Dr. Dr. Period Anthony Brown. Dr. Anthony Brown. Dr. Period Anthony Brown. Put that Dr. Period. I do have my doctorate, but I don't mm -hmm. want to brag about my doctorate. I just don't want you to mix me up with my friend, the other mm -hmm. Anthony Brown. And uh also uh www.anthonybrownmusic.com. www.anthonybrownmusic.com. Be encouraged. That's all Thank right. you.
Bless you, thank son. you, thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Awesome. Have a, have a great night. Bye bye. So as, as we continue on, uh, I appreciate you. That was our guest, Mr. Anthony Brown. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to spend too much time here because I have to uh, get some things in order for this weekend. Um, I, like I said, we have in a pop-up shop this weekend and we have some great phenomenal artists. If you go to our Artist Exchange page or our Bash Top Blue Jewelry page, you'll definitely see that. Um, you'll see that um, on there. The, the time is from 11 a.m. until 6 p.m. We'll be here. Our artists will be here. I want to send, uh, before I continue, my condolences out to one of the artists uh, tomorrow. Her brother passed away, um, uh, Joanne Wiley. Uh, her brother, we just did a music video with him a few months back. Uh, and great spirit. He passed away in the last couple of days. Um, so they're en route to bringing him back to Baltimore from California. And I just, as a friend of Joanne Wiley, I definitely want to send my condolences out, my deep condolences out. Another young man, we he lost his life. A uh, young man that I'm working on, if you thought I was in Project Easy Jackson, he lost his brother uh, a week or so ago as well. Um, this world not promised to us. So the idea that you may be young and you feel like you got more years ahead of you than you have behind you, tomorrow is not promised. Um, Every day I'm, I'm speaking to someone who may be uh, just contracted COVID or uh, who just recovered from it or speaking about somebody that just passed away. So despite what Fauci and is being forced to say and what the media is now reporting, we're not through this. Um, we're not over this. I keep a mask with me. Um, I vitamin C'ing it up, um, keeping my myself you know, um, busy, but definitely taking time to rest uh, and distance myself from things that I'm uncomfortable around. And this pandemic has shown me to persevere, but definitely to put myself first. Um, and I just told my friend Joanne, as she is um, in a very brave state after losing her brother who has meant so much to her, um, always doing and doing and doing and doing and not making space for you. Your cup has to be flowing over. And that is then what you give to people, what falls into your saucer. Uh, saucer. Um, but <clears throat> this last week has been very trying for me mentally, physically, emotionally, financially, um, and just being transparent. Um, all the things that I put out there I'm, I'm in the process of working through those things, you know, so I don't speak on anything and I don't give any advice that I am not currently or in the past uh, have had to deal with. Um, letting things go um, is hard for me and saying no to things is hard for me because I'm used to being there for people. But I've begun to surround myself with individuals. And the spring cleaning not over. There's a couple more cobwebs and individuals that need to be uh, dusted out uh, and moved out uh, and put into a place because not everybody is expected or should be in your life for uh, a lifetime. Some people are just there for a lesson, a blessing, or uh, just a season. 
And that's not to say you use people, but uh, you have to be more discerning and understand those places that people have in your life and the place that you have in people like that. Sometimes we got to take ourselves out of things that, that we are trying to be. And that's friendships. That's uh, relationships. That's business. That's all these things that we try to hold on to. And we see it slipping. You know, um, I've misplaced my keys today. And I frustrate myself. Every time I do it, I'm like, oh, I'm never going to do it again. And I shackle myself to my keys and I'd have put a wrist thing on and I'd have put a clip thing on it. I have a place in my bag that I carry all the time for it. And then it's this one day where I just in a space where I got to get out or wherever I'm at and I leave them. So um, <laughs> hopefully I left them in my classroom and I'm, I'm hoping to God I left them there because that's my keys to my life. But even in that space, I'm I'm prepared and I'm already doing plan B. I was able to, thankfully, the cleaning lady was here today. So I got into my office um, and I'm about to work it out, getting back into the house. And, and right now, that's all I have to worry about. You know, before I had the station keys, Monty didn't hear that, but I had the station keys. I had keys to my mom's house. I had keys to this. And I still have those things, but is, you know, it, I'm not as attached to stuff. And I've never been that person, but I've allowed life uh, to get me attached to things. And um, this is a, a life lesson for me. Stick to things. You know, um, not everything is for financial gain. Some things is just a lesson. It's, it's an educational space. Um, and I went through some emotions in the last month of April uh, as I, um, this, this, whew, this time is trying for me. Um, it's the moment where uh, my dad passed away. It's actually his birthday and his death was in the same week. Um, and tomorrow, uh, you know, I always remember the funeral date uh, more so than anything because it's moments away from my actual birthday. And I've tried hard to um, get through life um, and ignore it. And actually my, um, I, I don't know if I spoke about this quickly. I, um, my aunt for Christmas gifted me this book. And you know, this is one of them old school picture albums. And there are tons of photos that I never had of my father because he died when I was really young. And she blessed me with a whole photo album. If you all could see, y'all can see it. So that was my dad. Um, I never really knew him that well. He died when I was in the second grade. And that's not enough time for any child to develop a relationship with a parent. Um, and this book is just full of um, sad things. Um, it's a, a few photos that you may see where it's just a bunch of photos of him. And I'm in a space right now where, this is him when he was younger. The little But it definitely has been a space where 
I am trying my hardest to just grow and be more mature and, and learn and grow and just do things that scare me. Um, coming off of, you know, losing his mother, my grandmother, this, um, this week, this is actually a photo of me. I can't show all of them, but some of my little funeral leave. This is actually at the funeral. I don't think y'all can see it. That's my aunt Diane behind me, this older sister. And uh, I'm so thankful to my aunt Val for taking a moment to give me this because it was it was something that in this moment mattered to me, um, especially over this pandemic where I've been trying to write a book and tell my stories. And um, just being a space of forgiveness and letting things go and learning how to deal with life. This is another photo of me, a little younger photo of myself. And these are things that I, I we lost photos. This is my aunt. She's probably gonna kill me for showing these photos, but um, that's my aunt. Uh, standing up, my Aunt Val, and sitting down, that's my grandmother. Y'all can see it. Um, it's probably a little too shiny, but yeah, this this photo has meant a lot to me. Um, it has meant, um, whew, it, it's been trying, and it's really helped me to focus on some things that I want to get through in life. Being in this school system, I'm watching, I'm watching our children just drown. And it's a sad feeling. It's a sad thing to witness. And I don't want to make this a battle between educators or the school system and parents and children. But as family and community, we are making it worse for our children by not allowing them boundaries, by not teaching them boundaries, by not teaching them respect for all, not just a mom or dad, but all, because your children will eventually not be in your presence for moments or forever, and you're not always going to be there, and they can't go through life so hard-hearted. I'm, I'm in a room with fourth graders all day long, one class. And I'm watching young people really struggle to assert themselves and to be who they need to be and in a space that's not really prepared for them. You know, um, I'm in this community and I'm watching um, the people outside as I leave and I come. Um, I'm watching the environment inside, and, and it, there are tens of people who really care for our children, but there are a lot of people who don't. And sadly, some of them are in charge of their life, their futures, um, be they parents or educational system alike. Um, and a lot of people aren't doing all they can do. do. And a lot of our children don't recognize um, what's good in their life. They can definitely recognize what isn't good, but they don't recognize love, compassion, boundaries, 
respect, self-respect. They don't understand example or mentorship because many of the older individuals have taken their hands out of it. And I know, especially in my generation, there isn't a big push for, for somebody my age to be a mentor. So I can only imagine the young people that's coming up behind my generation and the generation after that, and subsequently the generations after that, uh, it just, it saddens me. And it puts me in a space of not, um, one of the reasons why I don't want to do this, I did not want to do this. Um, and why this is like, Nate, how, how long can you do this? Because it puts you in a space and an energy that is not conducive. When you get a phone call from a mother, um, going off on you. And this is one of the reasons why I stopped, but it definitely is um, something in it, as our guest today, Anthony Brown says, something in it. It's something that pulls you, that that brings you to this space because how the doors opened for this opportunity to even happen were, it was too, it, it, it was a long space, but it was definitely a smooth space where, you know, before I never even thought about doing it this way. Um, but as challenges arise, um, I'm just gearing myself up for a long fight in the next month or so, um, creatively as well. Um, and I didn't want the morale of the show to kind of go down at this moment, but it's definitely, uh, it was pulling at me to um, say these things because I don't really speak on a lot of stuff that that uh, that I go through because not everybody is praying for you, not everybody is supporting you, not everybody loves you. So I don't like putting information out there, giving people an opportunity to be messy and be you know deceitful or all those things, but. The enemy is raging in this moment. Uh, and I, I just, I had that on my heart to say I was meditating as he was, as he was saying that everything happens in this season and for a purpose. And I kept hearing the word necessary. I was listening to Fantasia's song, Necessary, and kind of meditating over that as I, um, before the show started, um, because it really, um, it was needed. I, it was it was necessary. I needed to bring my energy back because the last two days have been whew, off the chart. And then because of that, I have misplaced my keys and I'm in a space of not even letting it bother me. And um, I'm going to do what I need to do this weekend. There are plenty of things going on. There's a flower mark down at Mount Vernon at the monument. Um, so go Go do that. I think that is this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday today, tomorrow, and Sunday. Um, also, tons of art organizations doing things. Um, just go on Facebook and go to the event section or go to the Greater Baltimore Culture Alliance. Um, I'll be creating a web space virtually. I'm in actually in a program right now where I am developing an idea for a website. And I'm really in a space of launching that in the next six to eight weeks. Um, so look out for that. Um, not really gonna talk about it too much. Not because I don't want nobody to know, but I'm just, I'm doing the work. I'm doing the work. Um, I'll also be 
um, along with teaching over here at the studio, uh, Best Shop Blue Jewelry Studio, 1734 Maryland Avenue. Um, right now, our hours are 11 to 7, Monday through Sunday. The weekday hours are going to change only because I'm back uh, at teaching. Um, and I'm tired, y'all. Really, I am tired. I am spent. I am... Whew, um, I got on dress clothes right now, and I don't do well in dress clothes. So I always feel like I got to do this, and I don't. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so come on by tomorrow. We also have our auntie uh, ladies. They'll be doing their form of an open house simultaneously. So we'll have some vittles. We'll have some um, horse divers, some hors d'oeuvres, um, refreshments. Um, and we have a number of events coming up in May. So May for Vashtop New Jewelry Studio will be dedicated to the visual artists. So we'll be doing a number of visual artists type uh, things going on. We have a sip and paint coming up. So look for that. Um, the information will be posted uh, tonight for that, the event bite for that. And the tickets are $40. Um, so come on out, support Bashlock Blue Jury Studio. We need you. We want you. We would love to have you. Um, 1734 Maryland Avenue, uh, Bashlock Blue Jewelry on Facebook, Instagram, um, the Artist Exchange on YouTube, Big Exposed Radio on YouTube, um, all that. And I'm going to leave you all with two things. One, I posted on YouTube, on uh, Facebook, a message a couple days ago, because I felt like we were being, people were being mean to each other. Um, and I'm not a super sensitive person. I'm becoming more. So I'm allowing that motherly energy that I, I have in me from my mother, the cancer to kind of absorb. And I'm kind of on the cusp of cancer, uh, Gemini cancer. So I have a little sensitivity in me, but I never let it show. But I'm learning to. And it's Ooh, it can sometimes allow you, because uh, and just understand, because I don't want a lot of DMs. When I post stuff, it's just a lot of observation. Um, some of the stuff that I post has nothing to do with me personally, and sometimes it does, but, you know, I don't always need a, you know, emergency call when you see stuff. Um, so the one thing is, uh, it says, let's normalize being kind to each other. You don't have to love us. You don't have to support us. That means all of us. You don't have to agree with us. But when you come in contact with somebody, just be kind. I'm well aware and agree that no one owes me or anyone else, including me, not only you, a smile, a great personality, love, warm hugs. And despite me feeling deserving of all those things and more, Despite how I am approached, I promise to, ev to every soul I come across my kindness forever. That does not make me weak, passive, or free. I choose to be kind for my health and my sanity. And I was just supposing, I, I was shocked that really how many people responded to it and, 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 and the things that people message me, you know, that sometimes people are going through and they don't want to always publicly uh, profess it, but um, yeah, but just check on your children, check on your teachers, 
if your children are in a school system right now, um, and I know there's still a restriction due to COVID um, and them trying to be protected because the virus is still, um, it's raging right now. And we have a lot of students going home and that are out of school and that are on a weekly basis because of it. So, and there's no precautions. There's students who wear masks and don't wear masks. I don't think all the students have been vaccinated. So um, pray for your teachers. A lot of teachers have chosen because of those conditions that they no longer want to be in it. A lot of them are not even in the educational field anymore, but they're going for jobs and careers outside of it. Um, so just pray for the school system, for students, for parents and teachers alike. Um, it's tough out here. It's real tough. And I'm here to tell you, uh, we got to move forward. We got to, you know, get into some type of prayer or meditation. If you sage, if you, you're saying next, a little prayer for your neighbor. If we just pray for ourselves and our immediate neighbors. And if everybody did that, I think we'll all be better off. Um, so the preaching is over. I'm really exhausted. I have to go take these slacks off and these uh, Aldo shoes because I'm in pain <laughs> or discomfort, uncomfortable, not in pain. But yeah, just pray, pray for me. If you if you really a prayer, please pray for me. Um, pray for Be Exposed, Artist Exchange across the board, good prayers of just everything, abundance, um, consistency, and just a push forward for all of us artists and entrepreneurs out here just trying to get to the next month. And that's all we are. Again, shout out to Jay Nicole or AKA Joanne Wiley um, as she um, moves through her grief and her family moves through their grief. Um, and shout out to everybody still holding on, still doing your thing. Um, I have a ton of other announcements. Next week, we have a special guest coming. Not going to announce it yet, but um, it was based off a conversation. Uh, about Baltimore. So stay tuned, stay locked in. Um, I think we had a report. Lastly, the fight against crime in Baltimore City is getting a 7.9 million shot in the arm. What does that mean, Marnie? Are you there? Hey, I'm sorry. I had to get my mom um, over to the button. Um, that the federal government has given Baltimore City Police a $7.9 million of more money to fight crime in Baltimore. And the real question is, is that the right action? No. Because why would you give more money to what they can't even do with the money they have? Well, they need to put that money in mental health. So those things can be- that, I mean, it, it is a portion of that going to that, but it's also they, going to them buying more equipment that they haven't yeah. that they haven't used. Right. Don't they have tanks and right. all this army equipment that was purchased? So what are you upgrading? You haven't even used what you got because it's not necessary. Right. When the when you finally get on scene, the shooting has already finished. Yeah, like, I don't want any more. I don't want to see no more new brand new sports car, cop car. Yeah, because that doesn't help you with the investigation. No, if you're trying to do that, I'm still, look, what came to my head yesterday when I was thinking about this, and this is before this, this story even came out today, that we mm -hmm. just posted the rest of the story on BeExposedRadio.com. But I thought it was BeExposedMedia.com. Both. Thank you. <laughs> and one of the things that came to my mind yesterday was 
what happened to their scare tactic that they had in place when they installed all these cameras all over the city? What happened most to that program? Not even, most of them randomly record, so they're not even continuously recording and saying so part of the $7.9 million should be there to, to fix that problem because this was supposed to be 24 hours of surveillance mm -hmm. on each street corner. And that's Which not happening. It's not happening. We no. didn't want to, I remember the argument was we didn't want it directly pointed at our homes. That's why they chose the street corners. Yeah, but it's something, and, and I've been in two situations where I watched somebody get stabbed and robbed right at the corner of North and Charles. And when the police got there, I asked them, I said, are the cameras rolling? Mm -hmm. And they said, no. What comes to my mind is remember the lady that I had rolled past that was sitting naked on the bus stop in uh, 20 degree weather. Thank you. And the police just kept government. riding past her going inside the hospital, but never stopping to see what was wrong with this lady. But it was on their cameras. They caught that on the cameras because they shared mm -hmm. the video of this naked woman walking back and forth in front of a hospital. Well, I'm, I don't know if you know Mount Vernon. That happens a lot. So <laughs> it does. But my point was, is that the cameras caught that yeah. the Baltimore City cameras caught that. Mm. But don't catch the crimes that happen straight out in open in the middle of your streets. People running, shooting guns. Well, there's also and, and that's a, a little bit of the show that we're going to have next week as well. That's part of the conversation, because there are a lot of people that look like you and I who are fleeing to the county as the white people are fleeing back to the city uh, subsequently. And, and that's their feeling. That's why people don't want to buy homes. That's why they're giving out $10,000 now for you to buy a home in the city um, for first time home buyers, because people like us don't want to buy homes anymore. But again, that's why, that's why I was like, is this a good decision for this $7.9 million to be going to the police instead of community development? Because I'm, that's where the money needs to go. It's community development, but I'm, I, so part of the prior to the pandemic, I was in a 21st century school, mm -hmm. which is totally different than the school that I'm in right now. Totally different than the schools that I've worked in throughout the summertime as well. Uh, but I'm looking at a school that is in dire straits mm -hmm. in terms of just the foundation of it, in terms of the supplies, in terms of these prehistoric. When I say these laptops that these children have are from 1989, mm. they're from 1989. Thick and heavy. Thick and heavy and just dumb. That's all they can do is put one piece of software on it. That's mm. why they can't do anything else on them because they can't hold up. Like, not at all. And I'm gonna speak because my laptop is like, boy, who are you talking about? Uh, but <laughs> I, that's where that money could go to. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm tired of, you know, and, and thank you. I'm thankful for Brandon Scott because he has infused a lot of money in various aspects of this city. But I'm sorry, I know the 7.9 was outside of his control, but uh, that money can go somewhere else. It definitely. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I don't need. I don't. I don't and they leave. They, and the article does say that they they are leaving it up to him to choose where it goes, and that's okay. what the, the article also explained that part of it will go to the police. The majority of it will go to the police, and, and I just don't understand that. It doesn't. That's what I don't get. We get a we do a budget every year. It's a budget for the police. I don't think they need any more money than they're getting surplus. right now. They already are overworked and have all that overtime money being paid out as is. Stop the overtime and use that money. 
Yeah. Because these people are being paid to do overtime and ain't fixing shit. I just saw a new group of uh, recruits riding through my neighborhood. I guess that's where they'll be because that's what they normally do now. They do the ride throughs, but um, I, I, it's it's hard for me to say that because criminals, the people who actually are criminals, have taken advantage of police officers not giving a fuck right now. Mm-hmm. So they're definitely taking advantage of that. But I think the fire then needs to be put under the asses of the police officers who don't care. I had an incident maybe last year. I had a um, a neighbor. He used to live in the basement level of the building that I lived in. And throughout the night, this nigga will kick, kick, kick open one of the doors, and you just, it would just felt like a sledgehammer going at the doors. I called the police because one, I can't sleep. Two, I don't know if he's trying to break in to harm myself or my neighbor. I call the police. They say it's nothing they can do about it unless he does harm or we see him breaking in somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's nothing. Right, he has to come in. To, and I was like, it's something you could do. Like, you could walk your ass down there and knock on his door and let him see your presence. So That's he why I said that the cameras were some kind of, some right. sort of deterrent. If right. you knew you was going to get videoed at, in your actions, it was a deterrent. And what, what, what is going to be the deterrent if you get a new right? tank? What's the deterrent? You going to run your tank up into my home? <laughs> right. But what are we worried about? I'm, 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 I'm still puzzled as to what are we worried about as homeowners or renters or what are we worried about them seeing? Mm. What are you what are you really worried about them seeing? And I hate the scare tactic though too. Not 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 that 340 people, I'm just using that as a number, uh, you know, per year of the murders that we have, right? Mm-hmm. Not that that's not a a, a a number. It's a number. It's not a real big number compared to 600,000 people. Uh-huh. But it's a number, right? But that's the scare tactic. It's 360. Well, I, I mean, if you well, can only expect to see one person die a day for 365 days a year. Right. <sighs> but if they put the money, so one of the groups, I don't know if I'm, I'm still with them, one of the one of the things that I've seen happen is this group. The mm-hmm. ceasefire uh, group that started, you know, when we was like, okay, we'll see what they're going to do. But really, in the those no weekends, zones. right, in the no-shoot zones, well, that's still suspect because the people involved in that, you know, have been spotted doing dumb shit. Uh, I'm not going to put nobody out there, but I'm just saying. I know what you mean. I mean. But I'm just saying, like, if they invested in more programming like that, I think it would help because those people are actually connecting with community. Mm-hmm. The 300 black men, the daddy gang, those people are actually connecting with the community and have a relationship. But they're trying to recreate the will by investing millions of dollars into a police system that don't give a fuck. They don't even come out or it takes them hours to come out when something happens if you're in a certain neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm Which is why the house burned down two, day, two, two doors down for me. Because they didn't come out. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. That's crazy. What did they think? It was a false call or something? I, I, I called. It was like a call. Not not me, but it was a call every single day from somebody in this neighborhood about this house being used as a drug runner. Okay, uh, where they were running drugs from. Mm-hmm. 
and they never came out and boarded. Baltimore City first. It's Baltimore City and police that are both the problem because neither one of them came out to board this home up. Mm. The whole entire thing is abandoned. It should have been boarded up. The house next door to it burned down, which caused the other people to move out of it because it can, they condemned both properties. They should have been boarded up. So they kept calling because they were standing out front of this home selling drugs real blatantly too, mind you. And mm. everybody got like cameras on the front of their houses. So they were being recorded as they were selling their drugs. It was just very blatant. And one day they allowed an addict to go down there and use drugs and they burned the house down. Hmm. Oh, it's like now, a house. the house okay. is worthless. Yeah. It's not even salvageable that, to be remodeled, to be renovated. They have to tear that down. But that worthless house could have been your house. Mm, it, it, it could right. have spread. It could have spread that quick. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it, there's no, and, and a lot of, especially with the fire department, it's so my question up. would be, what equipment is there that you can purchase to prevent that from happening? But I think that, like, like I'm saying, that money needs to be put back into the fire departments because you know some of them have been shut down, right? And they they really provide valuable, you know, services. I remember calling them once because they had a program where if you call them, you could either go pick up a few um, uh, smoke detectors that had the carbon and not carbon monoxide, carbon monoxide, mm-hmm. monoxide, monoxide uh, attached to them. And I thought they was going to tell me they were going to mail it to me or these three fucking fire department people just came in my house and did the work. Big burly ass man and did put the put the, put it up. Mm-hmm. And most of those people, you know, are volunteer fire workers. Like that money needs to be put there so more communities could have a a fire department. Mm-hmm. Like, and I know it's some that don't have one. Or like huge areas are being like the Mondawmin area and being on that whole Liberty Heights, Winds Falls area, mm-hmm. Park Heights, run off of that one fire department that's up the street from Mondawmin. All those homes and schools and businesses in that area, and you got one fire department feeding them. That's I think the money needs to go back to them. They come out faster than the police. They normally get to you before when somebody's sick or something, they get to you before the police do. Um, I think that's where the money should go. That's the police. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just don't think, you know, the, their budget is their budget at this point. I don't think it needs to be increased. I think it needs to be, well, frankly, it should be decreased. But, but it shouldn't be no budget. more that's money being money added into in. this process of, of failure. No more money so should that, be added into this process of failure because money right. is not the issue mm-hmm. on why y'all can't investigate investigate crimes that have already occurred. That's not the issue. You right. don't have a limited amount of time that you have to investigate a crime before you give up and move to the next one. That's not how it works. You, I, work to be honest, you can't work it no more. To be honest, I feel safer with John Hopkins police officers in my neighborhood than I do with <laughs> Baltimore City because I know they will be there. I know they will be doing their surveillance. Mm-hmm. So I feel, I wish more communities had it like Charles Village has it, where we have, we not only have our neighborhood association that I believe pays for a certain surveillance, but also the Hopkins police overlaps in, in my area. So I feel safer with them than I do our regular police officers that I see drive through mm-hmm. and then do a couple circles and then I don't see them no more. So, 
I, I really, I, I suggest that they put about half of that into the fire department. That's how I was trying to figure that out. Like, I, I was sitting here thinking, even as you were talking, like, who, who asked for more money mm -hmm. to be wasted? So what what is the where what is the grant called or was it what what is it called not grant but what is that is it like for infrastructure or is it like what was it is intended or was it just a, a lump sum given to the city? It's a lump sum given to the city, but it says uh, two million of it is to update equipment. What equipment? <laughs> what equipment are they updating? The cars are they? But the, again, that's a budgetary process. If you're trying to update equipment, that's a budgetary process. You add that to your budget request, and mm -hmm. when your budget is approved, that's when your equipment gets updated. This is not something that the Maryland should be passing down to them to update their equipment to try to fight crime. What are they to try to fight crime as it exists now? This is not the first year we've had a, a, a murder a day. This is not that. This is not that. I mean, if the money is going to, like you said, the surveillance cameras and body cameras and training, <laughs> then that's something different. That's something totally different. But, but you know, that's not to stop that measure. That's going to stop crime. Just because you train an officer, you give them the equipment. That's not what you're doing. That's not what's going to stop the crime. Finding out the root point of the crime. Most well, of the these training people is are people that so don't have no money that result to crime. Sure, but showing them how, but showing them how to be more engaging. I think yeah, that's, that's the, right. But this this bill is specifically to help them fight crime. That's what it says. Fight yes, against crime. So that was that's what I was saying. So what was it specifically used for? But that doesn't. No, no, I I just don't. I don't. Uh, that's my problem. Yeah. And, and and us being on our level of watching what the city goes through, mm -hmm. crime is not our major major focus because that's not what we experience on a daily basis. Really and we are in the streets, and we is. are in these streets, but yeah, that's not our main focus. But I don't really know what the city. I know there's been a big push with our arts and culture, and and getting more diversity and inclusion training and all those things, but. But I'm if you ask artist. yourself the question, what is, yeah. if you put yourself in those people that are committing crime shoes, what is their alternative? What is their alternative to getting money? What I'll say is, if you look over the pandemic, there has been an upsurge of especially Black and women-owned businesses. Mm -hmm. So I believe if they continue to push in that way, and give out these, because I saw a lot of people who I know were dibbling, dabbling in the drug industry, they now own a restaurant. Mm -hmm. uh, they may own an event hall. But that's, but that's, but, but, but that's put, uh, potentially every drug dealer's mission is to be go, to go legit. Yeah, but if you put things, more things in place, so I'm a part of a program now through GoDaddy. Now, mm -hmm. tech, technically it's GoDaddy trying to sell services, but they're upfront paying for us to get a website. And they're giving you wraparound services and training um, like, like the app that I use, Canva. They give you that for a year. 
You know, they help you to get to the program. Um, they're giving you things that normally cost you money as a business owner, and they're giving it to you up front. Now, on the back end, they want you to eventually have enough money to pay for their services. But, but up front, they're fronting a lot of stuff. The same thing is happening in the arts world. We have a Black arts district now. A lot of money was put into place to beautify Pennsylvania Avenue and that surrounding area. So those things I think are helpful, but you have to back that up with a police system that is going to be engaging. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't want police officers just sitting in their cars. You know how they do the the window to window. So well, it says uh, here six hundred and fifty thousand of this federal funding will go to um, police training to enhance community relations. Of the two million dollars of of the seven point nine. So where's the two million coming from? Is the two million is to go towards uh, uh, updating police equipment. So they basically already. But that's to go. Okay, so all right, stuff. that part. All right, let me let me tell you this part because this part says that that two million dollars was already a commitment from the consent decree. Mm -hmm. So that, this, so take that out because that was already that was already put forward. Right. Now that six hundred and fifty thousand dollars is the, was part of the new part for uh, police training to enhance community uh -huh. relations. But I don't want them. I don't want them updating equipment that's not going to be used for doing the fucking job. Exactly. But but you, if you notice and remember from from the riots, equipment wasn't the issue. Mm -mm. Equipment wasn't the issue because they came out guns blazing and tanks blazing and all kinds of equipment that we didn't even know they had. Well, they had, but I knew that because we had did a we had did a show on that because they were starting to you would see the tanks in certain places in certain mm -hmm. um, city owned uh, like right blocking up you know yeah uh -huh. surveilling basically yeah. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. stuff that we never thought of that yep. existed because <laughs> they were being trained by actual military individuals. Mm -hmm. at one point and then we start seeing tanks and stuff like that in terms of equipment because they got that stuff from our armed service mm -hmm. that's how they, are. they get everything yeah but they sold themselves their own equipment that's it's hand me down it's hand me down yeah but they still sold it to them <laughs> they still sold them. stuff the military was finished using was handed down to the state they sold our tax dollars went to buying equipment that we had already paid purchased for. right mm -hmm. that's a that shit like that that's where i'll be like you want how much of my tax money you want me to pay how much uh see we paying but it's like we paying double shit so i gotta pay for it to be built then i get paid for it to get handed down to uh-uh that sound that sounds crazy it sounds like most. Well, of some of the projects that you just named that you named will be getting some of this funding too. So that's why that's I guess that's some of the good side of it. Yeah, but it's not going to be a balanced thing if this money is going to buy another sports car for Baltimore City Public. Uh, I said public schools, but police department. Mm -hmm. It's 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 if I see another shiny two door coupe. Uh, I've seen that one this past weekend. <laughs> right, right, but they got nice ass cars. Where you gonna put the um? The criminal when you're yeah, exactly. <laughs> he got to duck down and push the seat forward, but right. you don't get him in the car. <laughs> now he go. Now he go kick you in your fucking face. Right. So there's no cage that separates you from him. Right. Yeah. But they those that normally have like a, a one person side to it. 
where they let them out on the passenger side of something. And it's like one person. Um, it's not like across the seat. So I saw in one. Oh, I was dying that one. My claustrophobia. My, <laughs> no. my claustrophobia would not have it. I would beat that whole entire side of that car up. <laughs> ah, that's what I said. When he's trying to get you out, you will kick him in his fucking face. Now, how they gonna get you out of the coop? That's the fight they, they got poops. They got they got um I thought the escalades they used to have was something. They got the cars bigger than the escalades now. Mm. What you need these big ass cars for? You're not putting nobody in the back of them. I don't know. <sighs> but, um, that's the city we live in. Yeah. That's the uh that's the tax money we pay. That's where my hard-earned money goes to. But it's this, you know, I'm I'm just really sick of that scare tactic. Like you go outside and all of a sudden you gotta duck down because you you don't know if you're gonna get shot before you get to your car. That's but I not what happened. Right, and I don't see that. They're shooting each other. They're not shooting at us. Often we're the innocent bystanders. The bystanders. Somebody is getting clipped by a bullet, but it wasn't intended for us. Yeah, but that's why I'm... And, and, uh, but it's not like it's 24-7. It's not happening every single day, all day long. But the one thing, so the show that I'm having next weekend, that's the conversation me and the gentleman are going to have because his argument is county living is much better. But I'm, I'm, I'm trying to understand how it works for the county, but it does not work for us because I know the same people don't live in the county, but it's still drug dealers that, that got a house or a home. You know, it's still a crooked politician that's still got a home in the county. So I'm, I'm trying to wonder how... Well, I guess the difference between county and city living is because you, you don't necessarily have to live on top of each other, unless you're in an apartment building, of course. Yeah. But the spacing is different from in the city where you are like minutes yeah. so you, you're a second away from somebody next to you and that engulfed in crime it can trickle and then people not saying anything but they're making it worse so they're making it worse every time i turn around it's a new condo um across from where sharon lives mm -hmm. have you seen that it's a new fucking condominium right there i'm like how when did they build that like what but, that, but those aren't even the good things to do because those are uh, they're they're priced out of everybody that lives here. People can't afford to live in those condos. That's what's happening. I want to, <laughs> but that's so that's that was my point to the gentleman that I'm having next week. While we are starting to fly out into the county, they are flying back into the city. So mm -hmm. how safe is your county going to be? If the same element is being taken out there, they already started that process. That was years ago. Mm -hmm. And they've been getting a little bit more, a little bit more. I remember uh, I was I was driving my friend's car. We was going out Towson and I made a wrong turn. And I was like, oh, this shit is a hood in Towson. It's oh, yeah. a fucking hood. Oh, yeah, in those apartments. <laughs> right. I was like, oh shit, Towson got a hood. It's this shit is everywhere. Yes. But I mean, it. I, I definitely think some a lot of that money that's being earmarked for the police system needs to go to our fire department. I definitely do. I know a lot of firefighters who, who really. When you say that though, it, it reminds me of the show Station Nineteen. Yeah, yeah. Um, and their little the programs that they show on there that actually that you know, seem like they would be great programs as all you know police. Uh, 
you know, police, uh, fire departments would adopt them, right. where they don't call, when you call 911 and somebody's suffering an overdose, it don't go to the police. It goes right. to the fire department. Let them go out and do a, do a little community check, basically. Mm -hmm. um, I know, you know just, just talking about that one situation, it, it scared my neighbor, it scared me. Like after they left, he ran upstairs, like, is everything okay? Because they really came three deep to hang up two fucking fire, it's, um, mm -hmm. fire detectors. And I was like, that's what y'all do? They was like, yeah, when you need one, we don't want to have to come out here when something bad happens. So when the fire happens, right. They want to do preventative measures. Exactly. And look how many houses we used to hear about burnt down because they didn't have electricity or such and such, such and such. And I don't even know what batteries they put in there because that was like four years ago and that shit's still going. I'm like, I don't even- And I told you this before about when I was growing up, like we, we knew our police. We knew our yeah. police in our community. They were Officer in our community. They did events in our community just to make sure that you knew them. When, if anything right. happened, you mentioned their name and they'll come running to make sure everything's on the up and up. That was you the know? Officer Friendly. Officer, Officer Friendly. friendly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, was, I thought Officer Friendly was an actual person until I got old and realized they all was a different fucking police officer. But that was when they were coming in and making you feel more comfortable with them and, and learning who you are so they knew who you were. What's like, interesting though is that that does happen like around in my neighborhood now. It does, that does happen. They do know several of them, but it's so many of them that you lose who you know. She scared the shit out of me. I was like, <laughs> I did. Who is that, Tamika? Yeah, I didn't even see her on the screen. Seven o'clock. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, give me one second. Okay. You need a lighter? I don't Ooh. have one. Still seeing my fingers. I heard my name, but I really was looking at myself. That's some, that's some arrogant shit. I didn't even see her standing right there. But, yeah, so I, I definitely agree. And actually, the gentleman next week is a firefighter. Oh, good. So we'll be able to talk to him a little bit more because we really, um, it really, that that puzzles me. Even though I see a, the amount of money they're putting into community, Brandon Scott is putting into community, into the arts, I still think the educational system needs, still needs more money than what it has. They're shutting down all these schools. Like the school that I'm at now, it's slated to get shut down in a year. So, but mm. they're still, I mean, but, and then all those children are just going to be taken outside of their neighborhood and having to catch buses or walk further to get to a school. But uh, let me ask you this question because I haven't really followed along with the school stuff though, and mm -hmm. seeing as though you're back in there, is attendance down? Is more people still doing a um, virtual than? Um, Certain school districts are still doing it. I think the younger... I mean, I know they're all doing it. I know they're all doing it, but everybody couldn't get in to the virtual environment. Some people were forced to go back to in-person because they stopped well, accepting people early. Well, the forced part was really on the side of parents and guardians. But not in my really sister's true. case. When she put hers in, there was no more room. And she oh, was like, how is there no more room in but virtual? That, but if I'm not mistaken, she lives on that county city border. She's in the county. See, a lot of them, it's it's being said that it's more students going to those schools. So they were still maintaining and they had a strategy 
for keeping the people safe. And they have not had as much of a problem with new COVID cases as mm -hmm. in the city. So that's the difference. So on top of each other. Mm -hmm. Right. So with the city, initially, it wasn't a lot of students coming back. But with parents pushing, like, my child needs to go back to school. I don't got time. I got to work. Da, 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 da. They were starting to, and now it's back to normal. I noticed the classroom sizes are smaller. Mm. That's what I was getting of, at. A lot That's of what I wanted to know. Are, the cast, they, are they smaller? Yeah, because they're probably I, yeah, spreading I, people out a little bit What more. I'm used to, what I was worried about, I thought I had like 30, 40 kids in my class. And I've had that before. But All right. Now, on the other, look, now I'm interviewing you on schools because I want to I know these things because mm -hmm. I, I had the unfortunate pleasure of arguing with somebody. Well, it was unfortunate for them, but not for me because I enjoy mm -hmm. arguing on Facebook. But um, I, I had um, the unfortunate argument with somebody who kept saying that, um, how is the school system going to recover? How are their kids going to recover? And I've met, I want to say, upwards of 60 students that failed in-person class and is thriving in the virtual environment, straight A so, students. But, but look at college, though. So you did virtual school for college, right? Yes. Every, I'm, I'm not that. It, it depends on what class it is. I wasn't strong at virtual school. Mm. And it really determines what your learning style is. You used to working with computers. So that is your system and your you don't like being around people. But so, see, that's what he said. He doesn't the, the person I was arguing with tried to use that as an example. Um because I like working with computers. No, but, I'm just saying that's you're more you're comfortable with it. Right. There were right. A lot of, Oh, I'm not doubting you for not being comfortable with computers, but what I was going to say is mm -hmm. you're living in the 21st century. You better get comfortable. Yeah, but, but just understand, there were more families that did not have a tablet or laptop for that child mm -hmm. than not. Understandable. There tons of people who did not have that access. There are still people living like that. I That wasn't familiar to me because we always had a, at least one computer in my home. Mm -hmm. So I never had to go to a library to do homework or anything like that. But there are still people who have to live like that. That's what I, I just, you know, I, I'm not saying that I don't understand that economic right. issue when it comes to having a computer. But people our age and with the school in our age group, where we are the ones that introduce the computer age to this world, right. it's mm -hmm. not acceptable. It's, it's not, but it's still, it's, it should show you how many people are still living in poverty. Because it's not, it's still not a lot of people mm -hmm. who have access to those things. Now, granted, I've been to schools. But that's trickery. Not, you know how I feel about that, though? Because it's kind of mm -hmm. trickery and bullshit at the same time. Because yeah. everybody's child has these flat, these um, iPhones. Well, and, exactly. So you have no excuse for not knowing the technology. But it's still, it's, it's priority, though. It's, it's what, where, right. where does the priority lies? We don't need a, a laptop. Mm. They got laptops at school, mm. but when they realize in school, there are certain schools that like the smart schools, they have put in their budget where each classroom has a certain amount of laptop for everybody. But there are still school systems that don't have laptops for everybody, mm. where they have a cart 
where they push around, where they may have like maybe three, two to three carts where they push around from classroom to classroom. Mm -hmm. So your students can use them this time, but this student, this class have to use it this time. Wow. Now the school that I'm in, even though it is a little impoverished, uh, they still have computers. Now are the computers outdated? Yes but they still have the computers, but there were certain districts, certain schools that did not have enough computers to give to all of the students. Mm -hmm. So there were students, I had a couple students that I know they were on their parents' phone taking a class. Mm -hmm. And I, cause their calls will come through and you will see the mother like, um, he'll be back on in a few minutes. I gotta make this call. And mm -hmm. that still was a thing. So you prioritize a nice up-to-date phone over a laptop that could help your child in the school system. It's, it's priorities. And I know everybody who's in that situation did not prioritize that, but there's still people who don't have a smartphone. Mm -hmm. There's still people, the elderly, a lot of them don't have smartphones. If they do, they don't know how to use them, but there's still people who don't have those things. And it's... Yeah. That's the imbalance. It's still not. That's why I said a lot of that money needs to go to the school system because the the the, the mindset is if a school isn't doing good, we're going to take funding, and if right. it continues to do bad, we're going to take all the funding, shut the school down, and separate those children throughout the city. Mm -hmm. Instead of saying if this school is doing bad, they need more resources, they yeah. need more teachers, they need more smart ones or finding the problem because that's what you're, you're supposed to be learning from school in the first place is how to problem solve right and the fact and the fact that we can't do that mm -hmm. we always look to it like we can throw money at an issue without finding out what the problem is first can we assess the problem and get like to right the problem now, and then see how much money it's going to cost to fix it but they nickel in and dime in the school system really they are i and agree it's really but it's just like the 23 million that they, the government they put but, in wrong places they was put, put in the wrong it was allocating to the wrong places but had the problem been solved i would be interested to see how that 7.9 is allocated towards i would want to see what percentage will go to the school system That'll take me some more reading. I, I got to read the rest of it first. But it's probably buried all the way down there. That's but I don't believe it is a lot that's going to the school system, not in this particular one. But no. especially not because they found out that that money was being allocated wrong. That $23 million was being allocated wrong for Maryland. Uh, and part of that was, was supposed that to come to Baltimore. less money this time? Yeah, part of that was supposed to come to Baltimore, but it was allocated incorrectly. Oh, yeah, when he was giving it to the county. Yes. To, okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. And and until we figure that out, because that should have been and now it's already too late because the money has been delved out. But you found out the problem after it's already been initiated instead of problem solving first to see who needs it. So the allocation could have been correct in the first place. And these are the people that are, you know, college educated, too, that made an error of twenty three million dollars. That's not it wasn't. But was it really an error? Because that was purposely done. If you say you allocated the money incorrectly, then that's an error. You did. I mean, it's an error, but it's a purposely done error. It wasn't like right. you just now I don't. Know, but that's again, that's again mm -hmm. where the problem solving needs to come in to find out if that was purposely done or was it an incorrect calculation? I, I, it has to be purposely done. Baltimore is one of the uh, one of the biggest cities. Well, the, it's, it's only two cities in Maryland, right? Yeah, everything else is county. But outside of that, I mean, how do you miscalculate what you give to one of your major cities mm -hmm. in your state? How do you just overlook the state? 
I mean the city. <clears throat> and you giving it to people that live in farm towns and shit like that where the population is much lower mm -hmm. than this actual city. Like I don't but that's that's politics, that's politics. That's a lot of playing around in people's faces because I'm sure even though that money was mis misallocated, uh, I'm sure Micah got the money. His wife, the governor's wife at Micah got money. Mm -hmm. I'm sure Towson got money. I'm sure. Yeah, and I'm not sure if you get to, if you get to see this portion of it. Um, mm -hmm. But what was your grade? I, I don't know if you can even answer this question. Tell me you can't. Um, what was your your what did you see in the children's grading processes from last year? Like, how were they failing? Were they, they failing? Well, well, and but see, part of the reason they're failing is because, like I said in the beginning of the show, Research. we are hemorrhaging teachers right now. Mm -hmm. Teachers are leaving on Fridays and not coming back Mondays in droves, mm. and that is a major problem because the class that I've taken over. Their, their teacher got uh, COVID at the beginning of the school year. She was out sick. I guess she came back and then she left. So they've been shuffling around people forever. Even as I, I signed up as a substitute, they were uh, caught, like literally this one school was calling me every week to check on my progress. Mm. So they knew before I did that all my, I mean, I knew my, my background check and everything was going to come back. But they called me before I even got the notice that it had came back. So they they are in dire need. They are mm. hiring substitutes in the to last the month of school. <laughs> the last month of school, because the children are so far behind. And mm. you know, I, I can't really go into all of it because I may actually lose my job. But it they that's why I said though, when you when you can't say something, say something. That's all I want to know. But it's, what it's your experience was as these seeing these students come across your classroom. Was it that they, I mean, you know, what was the reason? If they are failing, how can we fix it? Right. It, it, a lot of it is we need to figure out how to re retain our teachers, one, but if that's gonna take us putting them in environments where it is safe. A lot of the problem is, and what I face this week with parents, like if I say something to a child, I don't need a parent. I don't. First of all, I don't need a child who does not have a laptop at home to pull out a cell phone and call a parent. That's that's what I don't need, mm -hmm. and not because I don't want to get in trouble by a parent. It's more so your priority is to make sure ain't nobody getting smart with your child and not realizing that this is why the teachers are leaving. Because I have to, I have to defend myself, and my job has become uh, behavioral management versus educating your child. And mm -hmm. now there's a module for everything. There's a software where they're only really learning basic. They're learning this new core math core uh, math, mm -hmm. um, and then everything else is is a module. So it's it's really elementary. There's still standards that they have to learn but everything has been computerized. And all these people are not ready for that. You need to go back to a teacher writing on a fucking chalkboard. So the problem would be the computers. They're trying to make everything digital. Mm -hmm. They try to put everything in a software. Before they fix the problem of the, of the students not having the capabilities. Yep. So we just solved that problem. You put this- That's what 7.9 7. million should have went through. 
you put this type of technology into a school that don't even have the computers to be able to match it. They don't have- And that's how you, but, but it's so funny. I'm about to say something that might be funny to some, but it's not really funny, but that's how you will identify the featured drug dealers. And that's what they're doing. So that's why a lot of people feel like this is a setup because you are purposely, you're giving our children enough to say, look what we're doing with your children. Mm-hmm. But you're not giving them enough to be able to really make it. You it have naturally, I felt like I was a naturally smart student. But again, I was in a charter school and then I moved into private schools. I and, I'm, and, and I can friends. protect that because I hated school. Hated school. The one class I loved was math. The yeah. other classes were my, my profession that I chose, accounting. All yeah. having to do with math. But did they you have programming? Did they have programming to push or excel someone like you? Were they they did. In my particular school, which was Randallstown, they mm-hmm. they wow. did. They led me in my direction. I took bookkeeping. I took business law. I took accounting. I can tell you one, two, three, and four. And mm-hmm. then went on to become what I set myself on that path to do. See, my experience, see, and my deficit is my experience was not in the Baltimore public school system. So I don't know really how things were. I only had to go to Walbrook for one, one, one quarter, actually. And I realized that you all had to take a test to get out of school. And I was like, that's dumb. How the fuck is that supposed to determine what you learn? It's not get out of the class. Right, Especially when you only had classes for one, say for instance, your English. Uh, when I was in school in Randallstown, English was first and second semester. Right. Then third right. and fourth, you were doing something else. We only had four classes a day because we right. were on that kind of schedule. And see, I had I had eight classes every day, every day. We used to have that back mm-hmm. in middle school, but um, when we got into high school, they changed it. I think that was actually when we down. got into yeah. high school, they changed yeah. it to four classes, and then yeah. you take the other half of the year to do the other part of that that. Um, yeah. Curriculum. So that and, and see, I, I did not when I was introduced to that at I, that, I think that was one quarter of the year at Walbrook. I was like, Mom, I don't know what the fuck we about to do, <laughs> but I but see, it worked for us because not... we spent more time in our classes. Like we would because it was four classes, we were in each class an hour and a half versus yeah. 45 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Now we had an hour and a half to learn yeah. the curriculum, which I thought was good. But I mm-hmm. think I would have excelled if I had to be in school today. I would have excelled in the virtual. But to, in today's world, right? But today's world, you would be bored and you would drop out of school because you were bored. And, and I don't know. That. I haven't taken any classes as, as a kid um, in this this virtual no, no, environment, no, so saying, I don't I'm know what that experience you, is. A lot of the students that are dropping out are not stupid. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are bored because they're not getting, you know, you sit them in front of a, and, and, and this is what happens. And this is the dumbest thing ever in the world. People, people are complaining about their child sitting at home on a computer all day. Guess what they're doing in school? They're putting your child in front of a computer. That's what they're doing. So it wasn't that these children were not familiar with this system. It was just that that was their only way that they were learning. But like for me, they have a, my, my class, they have an English class. So I'm learning their process for their English. I'm learning their process for their math. 
social studies, all those things. But all of those things are part of a software that they have from a certain company. But they sit, they, they sit the computer in front of your child and that's how they do their work. There's no more paper or dittos Mm -hmm. And they play a movie or video or a video clip where there's a person teaching them. So there, there's no need really for a teacher anymore because the, the software has it built in where there's a lesson plan and someone else is, is, is like an e-learning. It's more e-learning than it is classroom setting. So when people were complaining about this virtual learning, I was like, that's how your children, you know, that's how your child learning in school already. Right. They but I don't know if that's a bad thing because that's prepared, that would be preparing them for the future because that's how we do continuing education. Well, that's going to, that is now going to be the now standard. So there will be no more snow days. That's, what I'm saying. that's how no we snow. learn. I mean, that's how, as grownups, that's how we learn now when we're trying to learn something new. Continuing education is not always a person present unless you're at a seminar. But again, going- again, that, that model does not work for me. I need to be in a classroom with a teacher. Even if it's partially digital, I need if I submit my stuff on the on the computer, I can do that. But I need to be in a classroom. That does not work for every child to be in their own little bubble. Mm-hmm. Some children have excelled, and I can see those children. But that child, those group of children are this small, and everybody else is over here, where it's mm-hmm. huge like this. And a lot of a lot of your children, they have attention deficit disorders. They can't sit in front of a computer all day. Now, them being in, in a computer where they're in a classroom with other students on a computer, that works for a lot of the students because there's still a teacher walking around being able to identify the work that they're doing. Mm-hmm. When they were virtually learning, the, the, the course would go on for a certain period of time, and then they would be sent alone to go do the work on the same type of software that they're using right now in a classroom, or they have been already using. The difference is there's a teacher now monitoring them. Mm. And that, that's how they've really retained the information. Because I can see when you switch over to YouTube or you playing a video game. I couldn't see that when you were virtual. And parents was just leaving their children at home, which I understand because they got to work. But there was nobody really monitoring a lot of those children. The ones that, but a lot of these children are failing. They are failing, mm-hmm. and uh, the school system does not want them to be left And it's so out. funny, because this isn't new. You know, this this this, this process of teaching isn't new. Mm-hmm. Colleges have been doing it for, mm, for the better part of mm-hmm. almost three decades. And this implementation is mm-hmm. what sucked. Yeah. Well, I, I learned in college, I tried to take a history class in college. Mm-hmm. I failed it. One, because I wasn't motivated. But I mean, so funny I know because I all my class, I was a straight A student. I now the person I am now, I can take an online class and mm-hmm. be responsible. Right. But when I was in my early twenties, you want me to do what on my own time? <laughs> I was I was that student that was turning all their papers in at the end of the semester, and hopefully I would pass it. And my my teacher was like, "I got to put you in a class because that's so funny because I you know." Uh, my last one is when I took a course at the University of Phoenix, of course, mm-hmm. um, and it was marketing. Mm-hmm. I took, I completed all of the work. Yeah, do your syllabus. Yeah, <laughs> before yeah. class even started. Mm-hmm. So because I was in busy, certain classes, I had, this, I, I had 
I had my day job and I had this. I was busy. I couldn't sit around and wait for the instruction. What helped though was mm-hmm. I was able stuff that I got stumped on and I could not finish. Right. I could have a conference with the teacher and say to him, uh, say to him, I need help on this area because this is the part that we, we you are not at in class, but I'm finished most of my work and I understand what I'm doing. And he, and he helped me right then and there, which is how I aced the courses. I didn't even, I, he, he was like, just turn all your work in and I'll see what the, um, whatever their board was, um, says about you having to finish the course. Because but I actually got out But of some students can do that. Yeah. There are some students that, I, and I'm telling you, that mm-hmm. ain't me. I need you in the classroom being able to see that I did not turn in that work. That whole waiting for email, like we're missing five assignments from you, Mr. Kowser. Okay, I'll not see you. So I'm like, all right, okay, you'll get them. I mean, because if, if, if you like me and don't like to be sitting in classrooms and, 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 and lectures I, are boring to you. I love it. I, I that's that's how I learn because I'm a I'm a visual learner, but the computer, even though I've I've used computers forever, I've always had a computer mm-hmm. in my house. I don't enjoy sitting at a computer. That's why even this process on a radio show, it was hard for me at first. I, mm. I really had to figure out some stuff. And I, I was forced to get this studio because we we left our studio. Yeah. So I was forced to get a just so I could put myself back on a schedule. Mm. I, I couldn't, I'm not that, I need, I need the structure. I'm a person, I can't even watch church on school on, on a computer. I need to be in a building. I'm not mm. that. I need discipline, and maybe I'm I'm aware of it, but that ain't my learning style. Well, I don't like people, so you know. But that's why I said you you would thrive, and there are students like you that thrive because they didn't have to worry about the teacher yelling at one student and taking up all the class time. They could learn on their own time at their own speed. Some students, it's tons of students that never turned in any work over the course of the pandemic. There are students that never showed up to the class. There are students, I mean, behavior models did not change and actually, it actually got worse. Mm-hmm. But a lot of children need to be in a classroom and not just because their parent got to go to work, but because they need that discipline. But right now, the behavior, the attention problems, they are horrible, horrible. And I'm in elementary. So it's still, it's, now, okay, now that you, now we've assessed the problem, we assessed what the problem is. Right. What is the next step outside of forcing them back in the classroom to fix that problem? I think they need to really go through like a fine comb and see what children can thrive in that environment mm-hmm. and put them together and what children do they need, like they need yeah. hands on. Because I'm trying to, you know, with me, with us doing this assessment right now, what I'm trying to figure out is how we prevent the problem of overcrowding from returning. Well, the and then them still being the, less educated than they were because we should let the children that are thriving thrive well, versus the ones happen. that need a little bit more attention. Two things happen. The woman, the CEO of the school, Baltimore City School System right now, took us from those small classrooms that they were starting to put our children in. Mm-hmm and put them back into larger classrooms. So you have special ed mixed in with IEPs, mixed in with behavioral problems, mixed in with level two, level three, mixed in with geniuses. Mm-hmm. So that's, all of those see, that's the problem. For the geniuses to be able to turn into something, uh, 
something a little bit extracurricular, like a tutor. They should be able to come and help those that are not on the same level as them get to where they are. And that would take a little bit of that burden off the teacher too, because they don't have to be the one that that problem solves. Yeah, but what happens is, what happens is because they do that right now for the foreign exchange students. So Mm -hmm. a lot of Hispanic students are in that school. And what happens is if you have an English speaking Spanish student, they match them up with a non-English speaking student. What happens is that child begins to lose interest in class because they they realize they are now working mm. for the shit that the teacher is doing. Because I have a student in my class right now that does not write English. Like when he can understand me because I know some Spanish, but in terms of him turning in his work, he's turning that shit in Spanish. So I have to translate that. Mm. I have to put my Google Translate in so he can understand everything. Speechify. Speechify like, oh. help you with that. Right, but that's what I'm using. But Google has that as well. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, yeah, through them too. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, and that's what I, I just know how to use that faster. But I've, I've gotten used to doing that. But that, that hurts the smart kid because now the smart kid is not. They're doing things that's not moving them forward. Because mm. when do you address what their educational needs are? No, but that's what I'm saying. No, no. The smart kid is the one that's not in that class with you no more. Right. They've already. Right finish that class, but they've now become the tutor of the people that fell behind in that So class. that's middle school, high school, because like elementary school, that's not a thing because they're in the same classroom all day anyway. But in middle school, high school is when they begin to change classes. But what happens is middle school is still the same group that they're with when they change classes. It's not until they get to high school where they can separate. I'm going to let you advance show, though, because, place. Uh, this is something we need to formulate into an, a whole entire show for the discussion. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're going on two and a half hours now. Oh, yeah, I didn't even realize it. But yeah, I got to get home before I, um, <laughs> so I can get my key. I can get a key made because I lost my key to my house. But this has been the Artist Exchange Radio Show. Like, maybe this is why I'm back in the classroom because it got to be a fucking reason. Because this is... Hmm. I'm glad you back in the classroom because I, I do have a lot. I mean, we're getting ready to elect a new governor and some of this stuff needs to be talked about. I mm-hmm. mean, I'm, I'm looking at Wes Moore. I'm looking at... I'm not looking at Theory. I'm not. I'm not I'm well, not. I'm, I'm, I'm saying... Again, but I'm not. I'm saying Theory is out. I'm saying... And as quiet as this kept, uh, Mr. West is in the building that I'm in right now. <laughs> So I'm just saying, I'm not he looking actually, at Actually, I, I mean, when he came, he was he came on the station um, a couple of weeks ago. Okay. And um, I hope he's not watching right now. I dug um, him. I mean, yeah, but and then I to think find out that, um, but I think he's playing up his gay card, and I don't like that. What's that? I don't like that. He's trying to play up that gay card, and I don't like shit like that. Oh, explain. I didn't hear this. Well, I'm just saying, like I. And this is my personal experience with him because I've reached out mm-hmm. to him before and he's playing on that card of being the gay candidate. Wes Moore? Oh, who? who are you talking about? Don't call... Wait. Wes is married. This has been the Artist Exchange Radio Show. <laughs> only on radio.com. <laughs> we are... We are here. So uh, I'll see you next week. <laughs>